On this episode of the Flop House, we review Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. Uh, <laughs> oh, you spilled it. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Flop House. I'm Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. And I'm Elliot Kalin as himself. Hey. Hey, what's up, man? Hey. We're, we're doing a podcast. Man, you are smiling. You're always surprised. You're always shocked that we're doing a podcast. It seems weird because I've spent the last 15 minutes setting up all the equipment. Yeah. Who could who could have warned you <laughs> that, they, that it was to, to have a podcast? And, and we watched a movie before that. So, mm-hmm. you, I mean, you'd assume. And we also weren't doing that just for funsies. And we no, also made plans fun. weeks ahead of time. Weird. Man, I got to start getting in control of my life. Yeah, I'm spiraling out. I think the start would be to put some pants on. I mean, I'm just I, the good thing is I'm apparently doing everything on autopilot. Like <laughs> I'm just doing all this stuff even though I don't know why. I, I guess that's good. Is this the Dan Cast, your weekly therapy podcast? <laughs> it's different than our traditional Duck Cast. <laughs> I, I think we established <laughs> that I don't know what's going on. So that's uh, true. Uh, why don't you explain, Elliot? Well, for those of you listening for the first time, because every episode is somebody's first time. Oh yeah, this mm-hmm. is the flop they're house. Getting fucked while they're listening to this. Whoa, is what you're saying. whoa! We're what a minute and a half in. <laughs> Give it some time. All right, sorry. Oof, okay. yeah, you gotta fucking tease it a little bit. Mm-hmm. You gotta make sure it's cool, and then you slip in the whole swearing. Okay. Yeah, exactly. I can Not only the way I assume put it, that that seemed like the way you said it sexualized it a little bit. So, so for those of you first just joining us for the first episode, uh, if you've never heard before, this is the Flop House, a mm-hmm. podcast starring yeah. three friends in real life who are also friends on a podcast, okay. and they watch a movie that in some ways a flop critically financially or just bad who cares and then they talk about it afterwards yeah and tonight we watched a little movie called ghost rider spirit of vengeance financially it was a big movie right it was a big hit financially critically not so much i mean it stars a flop house fave Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's right idris Idris elba Elba. (laughs) (laughs) boom (laughs) you guys were fucking practicing that in the bathroom weren't you (laughs) Among other things. Although, to be fair, Idris Elba actually was in a couple of Flophouse movies. He was. Yeah, he was in Prom Night and Obsessed. Obsessed. Uh, But it also stars our real Flophouse favorite, Mr. Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, Cageophiles out there, you can check this off on your Cage calendar. Mm -hmm. Which is like an advent calendar, (laughs) but little Nicolas Cage is always behind the doors. Yeah. You flip over the month. You flip it over to August, and lo and behold, you reveal right there, oh, Ghost Rider DVD, DVD copy of Honeymoon in Vegas. <laughs> so, Dan, why don't you pull up on uh, pull up on your screen there? How many Nicolas Cage movies have we have we? I have reviewed? no screen, and I don't have. So that. Way say, to ruin the illusion. So I was let's just, just say four hundred thousand. Yeah, four, we've done okay. four hundred thousand episodes of Nicolas Cage movies. Yes, yeah. yeah. Okay. Also, in our sister podcast, we've mentioned before the Cage House. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or we so, just talk Nick Cage. And the episode of the Star Trek, The Cage. Yeah, yeah. Of the Star Trek, I the call Star it. The Star Trek, yeah. <laughs> it's, I turn into a, grand, a grandparent. That is the second. first sign of age is when you start putting the in front of things that don't belong. Mm-hmm. 
So this is a sequel of sorts, right? It is <laughs> it a, a sequel, sequel literally. Yeah, it's not, not of sorts. In the sort that it is a sequel. This yes. is a sequel to the hit film Ghost Rider, sure. in which Nicolas Cage first introduced Played us. Played a ghost that rode. Yep, that's, I guess, the simplest part of it. He's actually not a ghost. What? He's a man with a demon trapped inside of him that turns him into a flaming skull-headed biker monster. Yep. Who fights crime and le- wants to root out evil? You gotta say that I mean, sounds like the best crime, thing yeah. ever. Well, he punishes evildoers. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last movie, Nic- and which is recapped in the very beginning of this movie after a short fight scene between Idris Elba and some Euro trash types over mm-hmm. a kid. In uh, the last movie, Nicolas Cage, a, dare- a very Creole, Idris a Creole. Elba. Well, he's French. Oh, okay, but he also could be possibly like Haitian. Sure, uh, you know some other country that speaks French. But uh, his name is Moreau. He speaks French. He's obsessed with wine, as we'll find out later in the movie. Uh, But Nicolas Cage was a daredevil stunt biker, Johnny Blaze. Mm -hmm. And he should have known from his fire-based last name that he would turn into a fire demon. But no, he didn't. Uh, Finding out his father, also a stunt biker, is dying. He sells his soul to the devil and is turned into Ghost Rider, a spirit of vengeance. Here played by uh, TV's Kieran Hines. Uh, what does he play on TV? Well, he's in that new Sigourney Weaver TV show. Oh, and he Political was also, Animals? Yeah, and he was also Julius Caesar in Rome. Okay, there you go. Uh, so and, he plays uh, a devil in this. He's, yeah, he's, he's, he's replacing, the prefects TVs. He's replacing uh, Peter Fonda from the first Ghost Rider movie. Mm-hmm. Maybe they morphed into each other. Well, he also did. He also replaced him in Easy Rider Two, Future World Two, Westworld Three, so and many like, other Peter Fonda. He's like movies. Tom Berenger's Treat Williams, is what you're saying. Exactly. Yeah, Yuli's Gold Two, The Search for Yuli's Gold. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so he sold his soul to the devil. Enough said. So there's this kid that the devil is chasing after, and. We don't know why. What's going on? on? The devil's henchmen are all over this kid. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the kid is with his mom, who's a single mom. They're in Eastern Europe. We know this because the words Eastern Europe show up on the screen at the very beginning. And, uh, Can't get more specific than that. That seems like a pretty in a wide place, swath. Eventually, I mean, they're pretty, somewhere uh, in Turkey. I mean, but. I pretty much assumed it was Eastern Europe from the amount of eyeshadow our leading lady was wearing. And also the fact that... The entire movie looks like it was shot in cheap Eastern European locations. And all the henchmen are wearing leather jackets. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I kind were- of like the fact that they copped to it taking place in Eastern Europe since it obviously was shot there. Right. It's like Rumble in the Bronx that was shot in Toronto. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why you had those snow-capped peaks rising <laughs> over the Bronx. Yeah. All the dune buggies racing through the streets. <laughs> Ending up on golf courses. <laughs> Uh, or how Vicky Cristina Barcelona was actually filmed inside a volcano. <laughs> it, is, it is weird how there's just, there's just lava oozing behind every scene. Constantly, yeah. I thought that and was sexual man. tension, but in fact, that's that was what, hot magma. <laughs> that's the, what the woodman said it represented. <laughs> that's what all his fans call him. And I'm talking, of course, of Woody Harrelson. <laughs> Star of Vicky Cristina Barcelona. <laughs> now, uh, they... He played are, Barcelona. Yeah, he... He played the title character of Barcelona, Barcelona Jones, the detective, who Vicky hires to catch Christina after Christina runs off with the drug money. Uh, <laughs> Anywho, yep. so they're uh, they're after this kid, uh, and Idris Elba approaches Johnny Blaze, who is living in a shack in the middle of nowhere, and tells him, "Sounds right. <laughs> I, know, I know you have a demon inside you that turns you into a motorcycle madman. If you." <laughs> Why and, is this movie called Motorcycle Madman? <laughs> It'd be pretty great if it was. And I am in desperate need of a motorcycle madman. If you help me find this kid, 
I will take you to a secret monk labyrinth where they will pull the demon out of you and you'll be safe. Your curse will be over. And Johnny Blaze is like... a pretty good deal. Yeah. And Nicolas Cage does a lot of like shaking his head and acting like he's a drug fiend and then says, okay, I'll do it. And then turns into the Ghost Rider as the villains catch up with the kid and his mom. Uh, right as they're in the midst of kidnapping, literally, as the kid has been knocked unconscious and is taking a nap. Uh, Ghost not, Ri- not after putting up quite a fight. He puts up quite, yeah. The kid and his mom are pretty much almost a match for four Eastern European henchmen, uh, which is pretty impressive or just disappointing if it's the henchmen we're talking about. So the arrival of a giant flaming demon... Kind of tips the scales a little? Uh, or? Not that much, actually. And they don't seem that phased by it, even after he uses a magic fire chain to turn three of the henchmen into literally ash. Their bodies burn up in an instant. Yeah, it's like they're vampires. And one guy, he, uh, Ghost Rider, performs his penance stare on, which returns the pain the gazer has caused tenfold uh, to, I guess, also turn a guy into fire dust. Uh, but then the main henchman bad guy whose name is Kerrigan, after Nancy Kerrigan, uh-huh. the sure. ice skater, shoots Ghost Rider with, like, a giant... What is it, like a cannon shell? It's like a bazooka or yeah. something. Rocket and uh, Ghost Rider's kind of knocked out, and they take the kid and drive away. Uh-huh. Yeah, because that's his weakness in the comics, right? Is, is bazooka shells. Is being hit with bazooka shells. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, a, it's a pretty specific superhero weakness. You can drop an atom bomb on him, he's fine. But a bazooka that, shell can't take it. That's no, why no, no. Ghost Rider's main supervillain was Bazooka Joe. Yeah. Well, the weird thing... Because Bazooka, also a comic book hero. Yeah. Bazooka Joe was killing people and stealing their eyes to see if they fit where his <laughs> eye was missing. <laughs> mm. That's like uh, if... Uh, like Neil Gaiman wrote a Bazooka Joe yeah. comic, <laughs> and if you and if you and if you uh, if you pull down Mort's turtleneck, all you see is a horrifically scarred face. Yeah, exactly. And he's sharp demon teeth. Yeah. So Ghost Rider and this mom and Idris Elba are on the chase to find this kid and to stop the bad guys because it turns out this kid is the son of the devil. So it could have been called Catch That Kid. It could have been called <laughs> Ghost Rider Catch That Kid, yeah, <laughs> which would have been a pretty great title. <laughs> Except it would have meant at some point in the movie he would have had to have said, Catch That Kid. Uh the villain, the demon's name, devil's name is Rourke. It turns out that he wants to. The devil is inside of a weak human shell that is literally burning up from the inside. It can't contain the unholy power of the devil, and so he wants to transfer his soul into the kid's body. The kid's body being stronger because it's half demon, half human, but also already has demon powers in it, uh, which allow him to turn off the Ghost Rider element inside of Johnny Blaze. Now there's a lot of. People getting driven around back and forth. Sure. There's a big they, there's a big fight scene at a bad guy military installation where Ghost Rider gets into a giant chainsaw crane, which goes up in flames, yeah. and he's just slamming it down on top of people. Yeah, and he I think he's laughing. He's totally he's la- he is loving it. I mean, <laughs> Ghost Rider is loving it. In the comics, he's a pretty stoic figure and he doesn't seem to get much pleasure. Implacable. Implacable doesn't seem to even have much of a personality, but here. I guess there's a lot of Nicolas Cage coming through because he's, like, wisecracking at times. Yeah, there's uh, definitely lasts. some classic Cage moments in this movie. Yeah, he enjoys – there's one scene where Johnny Cage is – Johnny Cage, Johnny Blaze is riding his motorcycle straight towards the camera while fighting the, the, the urge to turn into Ghost Rider and then eventually succumbing to it. And it's That's like, the climax of the movie basically for all his cage files. Yes, except it's, like, 25 minutes in. and But it's basically – it looks like a scene from Kung Fu Hustle. Like, it's really cartoony. His, his eyes are disappearing into skull holes. And he's like, ah, 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 
that. Well, he's also he's, he's like shaking his head, like you know, he's like Bruce Campbell in one of the Evil Dead movies, trying to like keep himself from transforming fully into like a deadite. Yeah, it's basically yeah, it's like that, or like Jim Carrey in the mask. <laughs> yeah, in the mask. <laughs> in the mask. <laughs> That's Popeye who just saw the mask. <laughs> ah, I just saw that movie, The Mask. <laughs> that wasn't a good Popeye at all. No, 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 no. I'm gonna do this thing where he says, "You No, I'm gonna walk over here. Oh, Mudo, uh, move out of the way, into the screen." <laughs> well, I think that <laughs> that's one of the greatest thing about the Popeye cartoons is just like the Popeye has the need to narrate everything. The Popeye? That's... <laughs> the Popeye. Is he the bat? The Batman? All of a sudden, <laughs> he narrates everything that happens. The on legend the of the Popeye. Uh, yeah, go over here now. Uh, well, that's how do you like this. It uh, was great because you had. What was his name? Mercer? I can't remember the name of the guy who did Popeye's voice, who I think was just one of the animators at the Fleischer Studios. Right. But, like, so they would just shove in dialogue when Popeye's mouth wasn't moving. <laughs> and just like, yeah, I guess I'll go over here. Oh, not much over there. Who is there? And, like, they would, like, those are the funniest jokes in the whole thing. Uh, but anyway... The, uh, so that happens a bunch. So that's so that we'll talk more about that when we when we finally watch the Popeye Rises, <laughs> the final of the Popeye trilogy. <laughs> but uh, there, what? Where were we? Oh yeah. So there's so Ghost Rider is enjoying himself a lot, but Johnny Cage, John, uh, again, not so much. Again, Johnny Blaze does not so like hard. it. I'll just call him Nicholas Cage. You can call him Johnny Cage. I mean, he is the hero of the Mortal Kombat universe. <laughs> that's true. Or the avant-garde musician. <laughs> so they eventually they capture the kid, they catch that kid, as the title says, mm-hmm. and they take him to a secret monk labyrinth. It's like uh, cave dwellings or Mos Eisley or, as Stuart, you said, it's like the set for Eternia, Eternia from He-Man and the Masters mm-hmm. of the Universe. Suddenly there's a lot of Vaseline on the lens. Yeah, it's all very, it's filtered through red colors, and they're with these monks, one of them played by fan favorite Christopher Lambert fan or Christopher Lambert <laughs> and he's got in his native tongue he has words tattooed all over him like the guy in that one story in Quidon and they are gonna supposed to do a ritual that's gonna remove the devil from inside the kid's body so we meet a bunch of crazy monks with tattoos all over them and yeah. they look like they live in a Jawa village but they're not Jawas <laughs> and so we're supposed Jawas. to like, we, we meet these Jawas guys. with jowls <laughs> we meet these guys that of course they're fucking bad guys. Yeah, like, they're they, bad dudes. They act like bad guys. They are going to kill the kid because it's the only way to, they say, to stop him. But they're like, Christopher Lambert is smiling while he's doing, while he's saying it. Also, right before this, Idris Elba manages to release the curse from Johnny Blaze. He does this by giving him a piece of host or bread to, rep, you know, I guess it's not host, it's just bread sure. to represent the body of Christ. They drink 2,000-year-old wine. The best he, kind of wine. Idris Elba talks for a long time about how much he loves wine, and then he basically it basically you basically sweat out the Ghost Rider the same way you would sweat out a heroin addiction. Yeah. He locks Johnny Blaze in a room, and Johnny Blaze just kind of DTs and hallucinates until he doesn't have a demon inside of him anymore. But that's when they find out. Uh oh, the monks want to kill the kid by chopping his head off. That's the kind of time when you'd want to have a demon inside you, right? You better believe it. Luckily, someone else comes to the kid's rescue. Who is it? It's. Kerrigan, who was killed, but brought back to life by the devil as classic Ghost Rider villain, Blackout. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't the bad guy in the original Ghost Rider movie Blackout? That was, was Black that, Heart. That was Black the Heart. The son of Mephisto. Okay, so this guy is completely unrelated. Completely unrelated, except in the way that all the Ghost Rider villains are related because they're all kind of crappy. Don't they all look like ninjas or something? No, you're thinking of Death Watch, okay. the ninja mob boss <laughs> with long hair. There's also... Okay, so was he in this movie? He's not. Neither is Vengeance, the anti-hero version of Ghost Rider. What about Snowblind? Snowblind is not in it. Neither is, is Zodiac. Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> not all of Ghost Rider's villains are ninjas. 
But, I mean, but all of them have names that sound like G.I. Joe villains, apparently. Yes. Well, they Which were... thus means they could all be ninjas. <laughs> okay, good point. Touché. Checkmate. Very... <laughs> Mate and checkmate. So does the bad guy use any shurikens or katanas? He uses neither. He uses his hands because now he has the power to decay things and rot them just by touching them. Okay. And there's some neat moments with that. There's a funny part where that Dan liked... Where he's he's driving in a, he's driving in a stolen ambulance and he's trying to find food he can eat and the food keeps crumbling to dust in his hands and then he finds oh, finds a Twinkie and it's okay. Oh yeah, yeah that, you do. Right, look, it's uh, it? look. I'm not saying it's not a hacky joke. I'm saying that it went by very quickly and it livened up uh, what had at that point become a very dull movie. Okay, good point. Good point. So blackout saves the day. Except yeah. he's a villain, so he kidnaps the kid. He yeah. catches that kid, as the title <laughs> says. Then he takes him to another totally different stupid location sure. where the devil is going to hold this ceremony to put his soul inside of the kid, just like Ghostbusters 2, basically. Um, Blackout oh, yeah. is that guy's Stingo. Um, and I can never remember the name of that actor, so I was calling by his character in Sophie's Choice. But <laughs> no, the uh, wait, wait. Uh, he's also wait. in. He was also in Alien. Milosh or something. Yeah, that his character's That's his character's name, but I mean, not the actor's not, name. Wait, it's not the same. I don't know. Name. He's the guy from Drag. He's the Dragon Slayer. He was the kid in Dragon Slayer. Was he? Oh yeah. Wasn't he in uh, Alan McBeal or something? Yeah, he was, I just said he was in Alan McBeal. Oh wait, he did. Yes. Okay, so his name's Milosh. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's, the character's name was Milosh. He's not named that. And he's not Vigo. No. Vigo Vigo is it lives Vigo's in a painting. The Carpathian is <laughs> the butcher. Bad guy. So that's not the name of the. Actor. Well, it's Milos is a bad guy too, but he's a henchman. He's the Renfield to Vigo. <laughs> I mean, okay, he, so we've talked about Milos. <laughs> so that was, and by the, I just want to say this is a memory blast from the past. That was one of those characters because I saw Ghostbusters two in the theaters. I was probably about six or seven, and I it was I was shocked later to find out that that was not that actor's real accent. That he did not have this ridiculous, dripping Eastern European fake accent. Well, that, rem- that reminds me of when I was very young, and uh, and my my brother was telling my uh, my now my sister in law at the time his girlfriend that uh, that Harpo Marx was not a mute in real life, and I said, and Chica wasn't Italian. <laughs> <laughs> Like, yes, these brothers. One of them wasn't. It's amazing. Wasn't Italian. These th- four brothers. One was Jewish. One was Italian. One was a mute elf of some kind, and the other was not funny. <laughs> yep. And then, of course, there was Gummo, who was not in the movies. But anyway, moving on. So they're at this bullshit ceremony where the devil's going to spit his soul into the boy. Uh, our heroes run in with a bunch of guns that they took from the armory of the monks. They're shooting people up, shooting people down. Uh, they run in, and turns out. They're, they're a little bit overpowered. Blackout and Idris Elba start a fight, and the devil is going to kill Nicolas Cage. And then the Probably, kid says, yeah. I have all the same power that you have, right, Dad? And the devil's like, yeah, that's true. And he goes, okay. Why do you bring it up at this exact <laughs> this, moment? This seems a strange time to remind me of that. And then the kid vomits fire into Nicolas. And Nicolas Cage goes, do it. And the kid vomits fire into his mouth for about an hour. And Nicolas Cage becomes Ghost Rider again, slays all the bad guys. Yeah, they all uh, turn into ash. But the but uh oh the devil and the kid escape. There's a car chase. Yeah. The ghost rider is jumping around from car to car. Uh, all Basically, the cars most get crashed. Of the trailer was cut from that sequence. From the car chase. Yeah. Yeah. And also one shot where ghost rider is peeing fire, which I was very disappointed to learn was not a real scene. It's just the kid asks him what happens if you if you have to pee it's when you're ghost rider. Maybe and then a, maybe a flashback. It's like well it's like a sw- it's like a Family Guy swish pan to like. <laughs> I remember yeah, totally. the time you were ghost rider and you had to pee. 
cut to guy peeing fire all over the place. And then Ghost Rider looks over his shoulder at the camera and nods as if like, yeah, you know it. <laughs> you love it. I'm peeing fire. I'm doing it. So <laughs> Put him on the glass. <laughs> you probably could have just imagined it, but here it is. Here it is. Ghost Rider does all these things. He finally – he pulls the devil out of a car crash and then – uh, You're really getting into the micro uh, – Whips him up with a chain so hard that he slams him down into hell. Uh-huh. Uh, Where he turns into fire and dies or something? Pretty much, yeah. The devil apparently can't take the fires of hell. So wait a minute. The devil – oh, after saying that that was the worst deal he ever made. So the yeah. devil – Made Ghost Rider way tougher than him himself. Right? Yeah, it's just like the old the old question, the old question: Could God ever make a rock so heavy even God couldn't lift it? Because he can't be all powerful if he if he if either way. It's like the devil went out of his way to to create a minion of hell who is way more powerful than the devil. Bad move, huh? On his part, yeah, I mean, because he's dead now, <laughs> and the kid and the kid looks like he's dead, but then Ghost Rider. Using a power we've never seen before, uses his skeletal hand with blue flame in it. He just touch, caresses the child's cheek, and the child gets brought back to life. That makes sense. And the kid goes, did we win? And Nicolas Cage goes, yes. And then it snap zooms into his face, and he goes, hell yes. <laughs> and, and, that's, and that's the end of the movie. And so the movie gets both sillier and more boring, I feel like, as it goes on. It starts out at a very silly pitch, but a fun pitch, and then it gets kind of dull. You know, so yeah. thanks, David Goyer, for that one. Well, I mean, David Goyer didn't direct it. He was probably just—he probably this was based on one phone call from David Goyer, right? Maybe, yeah. Where he's—they said, D- David, can you name some Ghost Rider villains? And he went, "Uh, there's Blackout. Good, done, fine, great. Didn't <laughs> we'll we use Blackout in the last one? No, you used Blackheart. Great, whatever. <laughs> we'll just Wikipedia the rest. What was the Weirdly name of the? Enough, di- that's very similar to the, his process when directing Blade Three or Blade <laughs> Trinity, as it's called. <laughs> yeah, to, uh, here's one thing I got to say about that uh, super villain. Um, in Blade Trinity? No, in this movie. You mean Blackout or Rourke, the Devil? The uh, blackout or blackheart from the first. The one. devil. The devil or blackjack, which oh, is the thing you hit people with. <laughs> uh, the devil sends like these like normal living henchmen to get this kid. Yeah, and he keeps sending them even after he knows that Ghost Rider is on the case. And then only after the, this one henchman dies does the guy, uh, the devil, bring him back to life and give him these pestilence powers. Give him monster powers. And it seems like, uh, w- why didn't you send someone supernatural to uh, retrieve this package earlier on? Especially because, I mean, like... I think the prob- answer probably involves the production budget. <laughs> But yeah, it's a good question. Why bother with the middleman? Why not just send the monsters right right from the why top? Why didn't you just show up and get that kid? Yeah, why? Or catch that kid. But also it shows... It's, <laughs> to coin a phrase. But also it shows what a shitty job Ghost Rider is doing through most of the movie. Well, in, he's stymied that by he humans. He's stymied by humans. Like he shows up, he man, he like gets shot at, and like he can't be killed by anything, but yet still... Well, the problem is Ghost Rider is very easily distracted. Yeah. And numerous times the kid is in his clutches. He could catch that kid. <laughs> right then but instead he like he like locks eyes with one henchman and takes a long time luxuriating and destroying him or he gets into that big chainsaw crane and is like just laughing his head off smashing yeah, people who don't matter <laughs> set some shit on fire when he has a chain that he can attack people from the from a distance he can breathe fire he can pee fire there's no reason he, he ate some dude's bullets one time mm-hmm. and then spit them back at him yeah I mean that's pretty good. Like why he really is 
a he doesn't know how to use his power properly. He needs to be trained by a mentor, let's say. Yeah. But also he's very easily distracted. It, like Ghost Rider should be on Ritalin probably. Or maybe Ghost Rider's like uh, the greatest American hero. He like lost the Ghost Rider manual and maybe he just doesn't understand. I think a lot of people would say Ghost Rider is our greatest American hero. I think it goes Ghost Rider, George Washington, the greatest American hero at number three. What about and that guy who then, kills uh, all the and vampires? Then, and then Peyton movie. Manning Weird. at number four, Peyton Manning. What about that vampire hunting president from all the movies you love? Uh, Abraham Lincoln? Yeah. Okay. One, never really hunted vampires. Two, all joking aside, yes, greatest American in history. But let's that's beside the point. Yeah, Ellie, well, Ellie didn't even want to sully his memory by including him in his joke list. Come on. So hasn't Lincoln suffered enough? He was murdered. <laughs> let's just say when you say as a joke, hasn't Lincoln suffered enough? Let's remember he was killed by being shot in the head while enjoying a play. <laughs> so at least he was happy I mean, when it was he died. A good play. <laughs> oh, and earlier that day, he had taken a carriage ride with Mary Todd, and they'd started planning their life after his presidency. So sad. It's a real tragedy. Thanks for bringing us all down, Dan. Yeah. Or Stuart. That's, no, that's thanks for bringing fault. us all down, Stuart. I don't know. I think your knowledge of history brought us all down. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. If I could have just said, yeah, his awesome vampire killing abilities and his gun axe. That's what I was trying to set up. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I fucked it up. Well, he, maybe he's number five after Peyton Manning. Sure. Uh, <laughs> so you mentioned when we were watching the movie that Ghost Rider in this movie is basically some kind of a Hulk. He, uh, Nicolas Cage is constantly struggling to control the ghost and not let it out. And it is a very Hulk thing. Like when he's mad, he starts ghosting and turning into a skull face. Yeah. And, uh... It's not. It's almost like I would have preferred somebody more boring to be the hero, and then when he gets like the thing he's trying to uh, to fight and hide inside is actually just Nicol- actor Nicholas Cage. <laughs> That'd be pretty great. It'd just be called Cage Rider, yeah. and he just turns into. It's that would be a pretty fantastic movie yeah, if it was like Josh Hartnett and he has to unleash Nicholas Cage. No, Josh Hartnett knows how to emote quite a good deal. Uh, well, what if it was uh, Alex Pettifer? <laughs> yeah. But also in the comic. I believe it was that whenever innocent blood is shed, John, Johnny Blaze or Dan catch the second Ghost Rider becomes Ghost Rider. I don't think he could. Ju- it was just like when he gets mad or like it's you know it's constantly fighting him. I thought it was just when blood is shed. So he didn't have to doesn't have to drink a lot of water all the time to keep his head from turning into a flaming. No, nope, I don't think that's something. Maybe he- rubbing ice cubes on his head. <laughs> He doesn't have to wrap his face in asbestos <laughs> to keep the fire down. He doesn't down. have to chew, like, cool cool mint gum. So you're saying that Ghost Rider shouldn't, like, uh, shouldn't volunteer at a blood drive? They, oh, <laughs> certainly not. It's going to go crazy. I mean, maybe if it's a blood drive held at, like, a prison. Like a prison. Or, yeah. like, an evil, evil corporation. <laughs> yeah, but I could be wrong. I, thought, I think that was the original thing, but I could be wrong about that. All right. This, but same way that who, whatever knows fear burns at the touch of the man thing. Whoa. Which seems we're unfi- talking about Man Thing now. He's a different okay. character. He's a different Mid- character. Man. Who would have been a fantastic character in this? I like. I wish they had brought more Marvel characters into this movie because they're kind of stingy with it. They just have Ghost Rider oh, yeah, and Blackout. Just tease us and like just bring the devil. Them all in. Who gives a shit about that guy? Bring all the Midnight Suns in. Morbius, Doctor Strange, Blade, Hannibal King. I guess if you're going to put the devil, why not just make him Mephisto? Well, I thought he was Mephisto in the last movie. That's the thing. Played by Peter Fonda. Yeah. And who was uh, who was Sam Elliott in the other one? He's uh, just like an old time mu- mustachey, mustachey. Well, yeah, he had a mustache. Yeah, mustachey, mustachey. That was his name. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's Italian. Italian. <laughs> hey, it's a me, a mustachey, a mustachey. Uh, how do you like him, a mustache? Mm-hmm. And he rides a flaming horse. <laughs> <laughs> he has a flaming organ grinder thing and a flaming monkey. Sure. That collects flaming coins. 
from flaming yeah, pizza. He is slide. Italian, right? <laughs> yes, yep. And he throws a flaming pizza dough in the air. <laughs> Spicy meatballs at everybody. <laughs> so, Have some of my throws, flaming limoncello. He throws a pepperoni slice and it cuts someone's head off. Oh, he just uh, see Dan was just in Italy, so he knows mm-hmm. Italian stereotypes better than both of us. Yeah, that's true. Uh, he's wearing flaming. Uh, uh, Come on, he's, he's, he's wearing flaming loafers without socks on. Uh, I don't think you were in Italy. <laughs> what? That's all you remembered. Um, he has flaming gelato. Strike two. Yeah, I think all of his vacation pictures were taken inside of a Domino's. So. <laughs> I think he just went to an Olive Garden. I don't think he went to Italy. Uh, hey, Hospitaliano guys. <laughs> You went to the hospital? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I had to get my flaming mustache treated. <laughs> okay, so we've been talking a lot about Ghost Rider. Yeah, kind of. Is it time to talk about it some more? Yeah, I think <laughs> Well, we really haven't said much about the quality of the film. So it was great, clearly. <laughs> it was, I was very disappointed in this movie. I thought it was going to be way crazier and over the top Yeah, Neville Dean and Taylor gave us the impression from their crank movies, because the guys who made this made the crank movies. Yeah. That they were going to deliver a really crazy Ghost Rider movie. And there's a little bit of that. There's some high craziness, adrenaline moments, but then it gets very slow and very dull and lasts like that. And it's not a long movie. It's like an hour and 30 minutes, but it feels much longer. I mean, there's a lot of scenes of... uh, Stuff running around an attorney. It was really boring. Yeah, there's a lot of scenes of people just wandering across landscapes, which may be fine if you're Andre Tarkovsky. But come on, Neville D. Taylor. There's a lot of scenes of uh, you know eyes turning into into skull sockets, yeah, but and that gets then uh, Nick Cage trying to shake that off. Like I kind of wanted to see like Nick walk Cage. it off. Nick Cage is yeah, put, no, yeah. Nick Cage is putting the moves on the single mom, and then puts his arm around her, and then looks and sees he has a skeleton can. And goes hand and goes whoa, and puts it behind his back. Okay, is there something wrong? What's the matter? Nothing, nothing. I just go to the uh, bathroom. I'll be right back. Runs to the bathroom. His head's already on fire. Yeah. Come on, not now. Come on. <laughs> Yeah, a little more. Oh, ghosty, don't screw me. Maybe <laughs> don't maybe ride block to, me. Yeah, maybe trying to hide his uh, his affection for the devil's mom by uh, I don't know because that kid's the devil, right? The kid is the son of the devil. Okay, so trying to Damon hide, Hellstrom. Okay, trying to hide that kid. So his, wait, here's a question. <laughs> Just cut him off, Dan. Just cut him off. <laughs> no, I mean. The idea of uh, being ghost blocked just uh, brought it up. Like, I know it was a, f- <laughs> I know it was a fantasy sequence, but I are mean, you talking about Ghostbusters? <laughs> well, this flaming penis of oh. his. Well, he doesn't. Like, like the flaming pee. Well, like, his penis isn't his, on fire. Probably. I would no, but there is a, no penis. But that's the thing. Mean, if like, he's, yeah, if he's a skeleton, if a skeleton, he has no soft tissue. A boner, Elliot. No, it's got a bone in it. Touche, and probably slightly no. wormy. <laughs> I'm guessing that I'm guessing There's that blood he, in that's those are those are basically blood splatters that uh what has my fucking grandma been telling me? <laughs> why, why have you been talking to your grandma about this? Well, we were talking about boners. Uh-huh. Okay. Thanksgiving at the Wellington House. Your explanation just reiterated what you said before. Gather around, children. Gather around, and I'll tell you a story of boners. <laughs> of boners of years past. Boners of yesteryear, of yore. <laughs> King Arthur's boner was a mighty boner. He pulled it out of a stone. <laughs> Which and you made guys him are the... transporting me back to my uh, my youth, back to your granny's house. Yeah. The uh, I think it's just he just opens his pants and fire is constantly spilling out, <laughs> and maybe he just shapes his hands into like a into like a tunnel so the fire comes out in a pea spray. So is the like is there fire? Is there like a fire this, bladder inside I think of him? No, like, I think his body's just constantly yeah. on fire. Okay. Fire bladder. Anyway, <laughs> well, there was this. There were these moments of stupidity that I wish were 
greater parts of the movie and the pea fire is one of them that like it's one of those things and there are those moments it's like look at heart ghost rider is kind of a stupid concept it's a really cool visual it's an awesome visual that doesn't hold up too well when it's walking around and talking and hitting people so like let's just have fun with it and do crazy stuff but as with any movie where there's a prophecy that has to be fulfilled and some like ceremony some ritual has to be performed in the light of the full moon before the dawn breaks or some stuff it's like it gets really bogged down and, and not fun. And and part of the problem is is similar to the problems with the with the Hulk is that you have a character who the audience just wants them to be their like monster form. Yeah. They don't really care about the nerdy normal guy. And Even when, when you it's have Nicholas Cage. And when you have a star play the the normal guy, it it, it causes a problem, I'm sure, well, somewhere paying, in the movie making process. You're paying Nick Cage tens of millions of dollars probably like you don't want to have his character be played by a CGI skeleton most of the movie. Like, you want to get your money's worth with Nick Cage. Especially since the skeleton barely You're probably shooting talks. most of the shots in his, in his various castles and Eastern I have European to assume, holdings. I have to assume the castle in the beginning where they have a massacre of monks <laughs> is his castle that he owns. Including he, Anthony Stewart Head as Dan yeah, I, Giles from Buffy, Anthony Stewart Head. And from uh, Repo, the genetic opera. Yeah, he, <laughs> he shows up at the very beginning of the movie in, like, the prologue. Uh, says about two lines and then gets shot in the head. The He's Anthony, doing good. The Anthony Stewart head, as Stewart said. <laughs> <laughs> nope, it was Elliot. Um, yeah, thanks, Dan. Thanks. Now I know every memory you have of me, you've inserted Stewart in. <laughs> yeah, keep attributing Elliot jokes to me. Thanks. I guess you wanted that's the director's cut, the way you wish those memories had happened, <laughs> if you had had the technology of the time. Yeah. Well, there's a certain dopey Stewart quality to that joke that, uh, I guess thanks. So. <laughs> oh, man, now it's a bird. <laughs> But uh, Nicolas Cage at one point owned at least two castles. He had to sell at least one of them for tax purposes. Good grief, you Charlie Brown now. <laughs> I, pulled, I pulled the football out from under Stewart, the football yep. of uh, No, that's his, that's his hemorrhoid pillow, Dan. Yeah. So It's <laughs> not a football. You Footballs aren't shaped like big puppy donuts. Uh, you can have it back. I guess we should probably uh, final judgment do this our thing? final judgment. I think we should probably start from the top and talk about the movie all over again. Okay, Ghost Rider, Spirit of Vengeance, C- smash colon, cut. catch that kid, <laughs> smash cut. We're in hell where a young man named Ghost Rider is dreaming of the future. Aw, I'll never be a Spirit of Vengeance because I'm not big and strong. Drink your milk, like Ghost Nicolas Rider. Cage. Yeah, like Nicolas Cage. Uh, then his dad gets killed by a burglar. He gets bitten by a radioactive whatever. Mm-hmm. Turns into Superman. A radioactive motorcycle. Uh, Alfred teaches him that, like that. Keep it, that, that he can't do everything, but he thinks he can. And that the reason we fall is because we can learn to pick ourselves back up out of hell. Exactly. Bane breaks his back and then turns Spoiler into alert. and then turns into a a guy in a wheelchair with a huge head and a mustache. Spoiler alert. Uh, then Green Lantern fights. Wonder Woman and Superman returns uh, from space. <laughs> okay. uh, then Spoiler gremlins alert. show up. Gremlins to the new batch are right behind. <laughs> of course, fourteen ninety two, the discovery of paradise, and uh, it happened here. Directed by Kevin Brownlow. <laughs> then, of course, uh, there's Reanimator, Monkey Shines, which leads to Sophie's Choice. Uh, <laughs> the man who knew too much meets the man who knew too little. Little the man who wasn't there, and then of course the man with two 
Faces, uh, Two Face, Batman Forever, and uh, Forever Plaid. So I think that pretty much covers it, right? <laughs> yep. So Ghost Rider, Ghost catch Rider, that kid. catch that kid. Spirit of Vengeance Part to three D up the streets. <laughs> so yeah, were we missing out? Was this original? Was this in three D? Was this driving? It was 3D? shot in two D and then post turned into three D. Okay. So we didn't. Re- so it was fakey three D. Okay. <laughs> we didn't miss too much then. No. Yeah. Uh, so was this a good bad movie, a bad bad movie, a movie you kind of liked? Stuart, what do you have to say for yourself? <laughs> well, I was really hoping this to be. I was <laughs> <laughs> really hoping not to be talked to that way. First off, I apologize. Uh, that was the seventies cop in of, me. Of course, I. <laughs> of course, I wanted to like this movie. Everybody knows I love Nicolas Cage, uh, but. Yeah, it was pretty boring. There was a lot of boring shit in it, and it did feel like I was lied to by the trailer in that all the exciting stuff was basically the end of the movie, which ended up not being excited when watched as a movie and not a trailer. And the flame pee was a dream. It was like a fantasy moment. Yeah, come on. I was expecting that to be like the actual climax. Yeah, of the like, yeah like he's 30 gonna... minutes of the movie should have been about the flame pee. Because, no, yeah, no, like in... when he had the devil on his knees at the very exactly. end. The devil's like, what are you going to do about it? He's like, I'll <laughs> pee in your face. Awesome. <laughs> what would be more insulting than to be burned to death by pee? Come on. Yeah, nothing. Literally nothing. Yeah, come on. So I'm going to have to say a bad, bad movie. Although it's I will, have to, level I, will have to, I will have to amend this because when I heard that it was in 3D and I didn't see it in 3D, mm-hmm. I have to say it was probably a good good movie in 3D. <laughs> that makes everything you better. Did, yeah, yeah, you sure. did not see it as the as the director intended. Well, no, you yeah. did because it was post processed into 3D. No, I think the yeah. studio intended me to see it in 3D. So it was yeah, probably the real good tour. That's true. Yeah. Okay, so your thoughts? I would also call this a bad bad movie. So you're agreeing with me <laughs> again? I except for the good good part. <laughs> uh, I also had high hopes that this would be a fun stupid piece of fun stoop uh but instead it turns out to be pretty dull and not a lot of craziness which is what i was hoping for so bad bad yeah i for a while was hovering around a movie i kind of like first like 20 minutes were better than the rest of the movie yeah. in that it was the camera was all shaky and nicholas cage was being a goof and you know it just got like dull that. i liked all the silly stuff like the green screen, like driving around, and Nicholas Cage on. making faces like somebody's pinching his genitals. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is, I have to assume he was doing that to himself. But there's also there's a very mo- method I hear. Very late in the movie, Blackout kind of wins me over a couple times. There's a part where he's dissolving Idris Elba's body, and Idris Elba headbutts him, and in such a so hard that Idris Elba's head. Put, bursts into dust, and it gets in Blackout's mouth, and Stuart went, "That's gross." And then Blackout goes, "Puh puh." That's gross. <laughs> and it was great. That moment was great. So if you can watch this movie with Stuart and have him say that line before Blackout says it, then. I'm available on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, guys. <laughs> uh, I'd rather not leave Brooklyn, specifically Park Slope. So uh, just, I am me. So if you're in the slope. And Dan, what about you? Uh, what about me? Your final judgment. I gave it. Oh, what? Right. You asshat. <laughs> I was busy thinking about the it's gross part. All right. You've been calling me asshat a lot tonight. Not on the show, but beforehand. Um, take this ass he's just trying it out, dude. He's <laughs> just trying out his new insults. He just got them. Yeah, just, I got to rotate them. They're like crops, you know. They like, get a higher what? yield. Yeah, you don't want your, the insult soil insults. to get drained of nutrients. <laughs> and right now, I'm in the asshat phase. All Dan's right. looking at his iPad, so that's either celebrity boobs or letters or both. Uh, it was celebrity boobs earlier, but now it's letters. Uh, and this the celebrity letter. boobs, I think you mean, I assume you mean the Three Stooges? What a bunch of boobs. <laughs> yeah. A lot, of, a lot of yucks, though. A lot of yucks. High five, sound yucks. effect. Anyway, letter. <laughs> this is from Hector, last name with hell. Elizondo. 
And... Not Alessandro? <laughs> no, there's no Alessandro. <laughs> Uh, this is a, it says a Stuart Wellington approved Flophouse recommendation. Let's hope. Uh, dear floppers, I want to start by saying that since I discovered your show through AV Club's Podmass feature a while back, the Flophouse has quickly become my favorite podcast. Now I think we should step out, step outside here. I agree. Let's tangent. Okay, so we're gonna we're, we're gonna, gonna Zach Morris time out it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, and then take order our, a shitload of pizza from Mister Bell. Our huge cell phones. Mm-hmm. Find a homeless man at the mall. Invite him to live at our house and never see him again. <laughs> That's how you Zach Morris. <laughs> but we should mention that... Uh, Dance craze sweeping the nation. Uh, the AV Club was very kind enough to include us again in their regular Podmas feature as one, uh, in their roundup of the best podcast. I think that was probably a typo. Uh, maybe. <laughs> but uh, it was... Uh, they, they, re- they, re- they reviewed our last episode of Mortals, which not one of our most amazing episodes, but it was great to see them give us a positive write-up. It was, uh, we were very glad to have it, and we hope more people discover us as a result. Get to the point, dude. Yeah. So thank the you very real, much, AV Club. GGP. Yeah. Uh, the, the real point I want to get, this is something I was notified of tonight before this recording, which is that apparently some hooligan, some blaggard, some dastardly devious D villain uh, okay. has posted a comment in the threads of on that podmas under my name, and I do not appreciate it's that. It's probably not your wife. It's not my wife. She doesn't care about this podcast, doesn't pay attention to it. Okay. Uh, it wasn't Dan, because Dan... Because Dan posting. posted under his own name to get into a troll squabble. <laughs> <laughs> we call those a flame war in the biz. In the... In the in what biz? The in internet, the, the internet, internet commenting internet biz. Commenting biz. <laughs> uh, so that was Dan. That was the real Dan McCoy, well, the real I, McCoy. I, you might call him. I thought that since I am a bigot, I, I could get the best of this troll, but <laughs> I did not. But uh, I, I didn't post it because I I don't want to know how to post things using my phone. Yes, <laughs> and I was working. So I'm, yeah, but there's someone in the comments section uh, with the name Elliot Kalen, not me, who said. About time. Was it spelled correctly? It was spelled correctly, but that's not for those who people. Is doing he, didn't, this? he didn't put apostrophe about time or anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's how I talk. I'm about it. <laughs> and you're saying like you like if you, if you now if you ever want to comment on anything in the AV Club, you'll have to be posting as the real the Elliot real Elliot Kalen. Or Elliot Kalen sixty nine, as I suggested. <laughs> that it was your suggestion, yeah. You but get uh, one I of just those verified checks next to you. I just want everyone to know that was not me commenting. I'm very unhappy about it, but it does mean I'm officially a celebrity who's been cyber squatted. <laughs> so if someone wants to add that to my Wikipedia entry, go right ahead. Uh, and I want to say to the AV Club. I would never make a comment like that. I was very appreciative that you wrote about us, and I hope you do again in the future. It was very nice of you. Yeah. Anyway, so back to And to that other Elliot Kalen. Who are you? <laughs> Why are you trying to steal my life? Why are you taking this I have a set off? of skills. Skills that could be very useful in this whatever. Um, so, uh, what with Elliot's ability to recall... Back to the letter. That's when Zach goes, time in. Okay. Yeah. Well, Pizzas arrive. <laughs> Mr. Belding is perplexed, but pays for them. <laughs> What with Elliot's... They serve uh, them at the fourth prom they've hold that, held that week. What with Elliot's misspelled ability to recall vast stores of frivolous pop culture factoids. Yep, saved by the bell. Stuart's raw sex appeal. And Dan's, how do you say, Leonardinus, the Flophouse has grown to be my favorite bad movie podcast, and I think it trumps the competition. Well, having thank, said... Thank you very much. I appreciate that. And pl- I hope, I assume when you say, having said that... Something po- more positive is going to come afterwards. Mm, having said all this, I noticed that a lot more of the recent films you guys have covered are curiously lacking in the ding-dong mutilation department. <laughs> just ridiculous amounts Hollywood, of horror you know? We just, Immortals just had a guy slamming a huge hammer into <laughs> yeah. another guy's junk. That's actually a really good point. 
<laughs> but but, for, but there was a big ding dong mutilation gap before then. Yeah. So might I suggest you guys uh, suggest a film that will surely make up for that general lack of gore, Antichrist, and bad taste by pointing you guys towards an Aussie splat stick film in the mold of one Peter Jackson's and or Sam Raimi's earlier films. I speak of the 1993 gore movie Body Melt. Hmm. A film Sounds great. A film it's written like a cheese melt <laughs> or tuna melt. A film written and directed by the former member of an experimental music troupe with an irritatingly unpronounceable name, uh, Right Arrow, Up Arrow, Right Arrow. Yeah, those are the symbols. As per Wikipedia's summary of the film, the movie is about the result- residents of the small town of Pebbles Court, who are the unknowing test subjects for a new variety of Vimule di- dietary supplement pills that arrive for free in their mailboxes. The pills are designed to produce the ultimate healthy human, but have unexpected side effects, including hallucinations and mutations. Uh, here's just a small list of certain scenes that I hope will whet your appetite. One, a scene in which a man has his ribcage massaged out of his stomach. Spoiler alert. Two, a scene in which a pregnant woman's unborn baby attempts to kill her by expelling itself from her body and attacking both her and her husband with tendrils. Awesome. And three, of course, a scene in which a couple has the very little definition of killer sex. Hint, it has to do with the dude's ding-dong, which I'm sure Stuart will enjoy. Thanks Thanks for the hint. (laughs) So that's a recommendation from one Hector, last name withheld. Well, Hector Hector Alessandro, thank you for the recommendations. (laughs) Body milk. I will let body meow. <laughs> Why do you guys say it weird? <laughs> uh, yeah, I haven't seen that film, but I'll have to try it. Sounds good. Sounds um, a little bit like a recommendation I made. No, I can't think of anything. Maybe like uh, Black Roses, the movie where the uh, the devil rock band shows up into the small town and turns everybody into demons. It, that's not the one with the Nazi demons, is it? I don't think they're Nazi demons. That's the one with the really awesome VHS uh, box cover that was like like puffy. Oh, I don't know. I think I'm thinking of Heavy like Metal Zombies. Cover. That's think, probably Heavy I think Metal the, Zombies. It was either called Heavy Metal Zombies or Hard Rock Zombies. Although, and in, there's a scene over the course of a couple scenes, you just see this one demon zombie puppet eat its own face. Although I think the rock band, the evil rock band at the end of uh, Blood Diner featured a couple of uh, Adolf Hitlers. That sounds about right. Yeah, or Bliner. Blood Diner or Bliner. Okay, back to the letters. This one's titled On Cannons, and it's from Matthew, last name withheld for pet tax purposes. Lesko. Matthew Lesko, then. It says, Dearest Floppers, uh, recently a friend and I went to see a little movie called Prometheus, which I liked well enough to hope that it doesn't end on, on the subject of a future episode. I liked it. Yeah, we all, we, all, we all enjoyed it. Uh, after the a movie... Lady, she, a lady commits robo-surgery on herself to pull an octopus baby out of her belly. Come and on. Then, and then two awesome aliens fucking get in a fight and have sex. <laughs> well, I don't think that I don't that know was, if it's sex. It's a sexual assault. I don't know. It's consensual. It seemed pretty consensual. That one weird <laughs> dude. Not so weird. They both ended up dead at the end of it. Talk about killer sex. That's for you, Hector. Continue with the letter. After the movie, my friend found an interview where Ridley Scott offered an explanation for one of the mysteries in the movie. I'm sure that's... <laughs> In the hopes of not spoiling anything, I will say that it involved the possibility of a space Jesus. My friend then said that the interview was the definitive explanation. Thinking that that particular explanation was stupid, and that Scott and company had decided against explicitly including it in the movie, I said it was just a possible explanation, and that only the things found in the movie itself could count as official or definitive. We have not been able to come to an agreement, even an agreement to disagreement. So I turn to you, (laughs) floppers... Is something a creator says in an interview part of the canon of their work, we, even if they didn't think it was worthwhile to include it in the actual work? 
Um, so we're like Judge John Hodgman now. Yeah. We are Judge. We we're do? a couple of Judges John Hodgman right now. <laughs> I want to. Well, first of all, I want to compliment you on not agreeing to disagree because number one, that's stupid, and number two, uh, I, the basis or? of a civil society. No. no. Uh, can I tell you where I come down on this one? Yeah. I come down squarely in favor of the letter writer. You have to go with the text of the film, the content of the film. The creator may say what he wants. Fucking Ridley Scott always like makes up to, junk, makes up bullshit about his fucking stupid. But movie. unless he's George Lucas, once the film is out in the open, he no longer has control over interpretation. He can say what he meant it yeah, to be. But if it is George Lucas, of course, everything he does afterwards is is great. And yeah, should be exactly. taken 100 percent as canon. <laughs> no, just what I'm saying. You, know, you should. You well, should. he just has a different relationship with his with his work with his output. Mm-hmm. But it's like Marcel Duchamp said: it takes two to make a work of art: the artist and the spectator. And the spectator is in some ways an equal, and in some ways a greater half of that equation. And also, that space Jesus explanation. I know the one you're referring to is stupid, and it's unnecessary. So there's no reason. He doesn't for it. have a beard. There's no dude with a beard. No yeah. space Jesus. Thank you. Everyone knows his space Jesus had a space beard. And besides, yeah. and the the one the scary thing about that movie, if there is a scary thing, is that you have we have no idea. Not to spoil it for anyone who still hasn't seen Prometheus a month and a half later or two months later, but we they, the people who created us hate us and want to destroy us, and we don't know why. Maybe they changed their minds. Maybe we did something to piss them off. Maybe they're just assholes. We don't know. We never will. That's the scary thing. Space assholes. <laughs> now that sounds it's like a Peter Jackson too. movie. <laughs> <laughs> Peter Jackson's Space Assholes. He shot it every That's Thursday night. Bad for, taste was every Thursday night for five years. Um, this letter is titled. Do you guys agree with me on that one? No. Oh, sorry. Yes, I do agree with you. I do agree that that would make an awesome Peter Jackson movie. <laughs> okay. Although he'll probably turn it into three separate yeah. movies. Three separate oh. movies. With a, with a lot of dwarf, a lot of dwarf singing. So we hope that answers your question about what would make an awesome Peter Jackson movie. <laughs> Continuing, Dan. Suggestions for Stewart's new sound. Uh, we, okay, this Where, is from, are we doing that? This is, this is from Dan. Last name with help. Uh, yeah. So McCoy. <laughs> so you wrote us a letter because you want to get your sound on the air, That's and the cool. sound you is Dan's run. great. <laughs> Dan's the best. <laughs> Not really a sound. Humbly submitted. Okay. When Elliot's plot summary reaches a mind-shattering twist. E.g., the old woman in the elevator is the devil, then Stewart should exclaim in a heavy French accent, reminiscent of Lumiere the Candlestick or Alex Proyas, <laughs> Sacre Bleu! Or, or Idris Elba in this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah as Marceau. I think, no, this would, I think this would ratchet up the drama and give the Flophouse a continental old world flavor, <laughs> yeah. much like Ragu. P.S. <laughs> I imagine that the phrase E.G. prompted Elliot to make an E.G. Marshall joke. Nailed it. In my head, yeah. There, there you go. I thought about him. I'd be lying if I said I didn't. So, uh, Sacre Blue. Yeah. That's how you say it, right? Yeah. Blue. Sacre Blue. Sacre Blue. Sacre okay, Blue. So Sacre Blue. Which sounds like That a, would get us... I think that would get Sacre us Blue is like listeners. a 70s like, like light porn film. Oh, I was going to say, it sounds like a, sh- a character in a shitty like neo-noir set in the future. <laughs> on the case of Sacre Blue. Oh. Sacre Blue was a dancer. See, I'm thinking like there's like a maybe like a Swedish uh, girls soccer team, and it's the, the it's the, they're it's about their sexual and awakening. Like they're all Smurfs, and they start so soccer blue. So it's like a soft no. porn ladybugs. Yeah, exactly. Uh, with I older that doesn't exist with Wait older actors. I mean, that sounds creepy. But like in their 80s, <laughs> no. older than Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> he was already pretty old when he made ladybugs. About the kids. They're not. Ah, oh, for God's. You want to make a porn about kids? No, okay. I'm arguing against I, it. Dan McCoy does not speak for the Flophouse on this one. 
Um, I remember when I was here's a quick another quick story about Young Elliot. When I was in fifth grade, I was you the really end, wanted to be Jonathan Brandis. Well, I've, all my life, I wanted to be Jonathan Brandis until a certain thing happened that I think we all know what it is uh, involving suicide. But uh, so when I was in fifth grade, it, we were graduating from elementary Thanks school. Thanks for taking it lightly. <laughs> We were graduating from elementary school, so there was a year, fifth grade yearbook, and they were going to list what the favorite movies of the year were. And there was a big hullabaloo. It was all Terminator 2, right? It should have been, but there were two competing groups. The girls wanted Ladybugs to be it, and there were two guys who were so unhappy about this that they created a voting block in favor of Wayne's World. And they were like, even if you don't like Wayne's World that much. Do you really want it to say Ladybugs in your yearbook? And in the end, there was enough of a tie that it said Ladybugs slash Wayne's World. <laughs> so nobody was happy. Which is, uh, I'm assuming, the, the unofficial sequel to both films because yes. they never made a sequel to Wayne's World. Exactly. But isn't that the It's science? a crossover sequel. I, of course, voted for a Magnificent Ambersons, the original Lost Cut. <laughs> but isn't that a sign of a good compromise, Elliot, when no one's happy? Wrong. Ladybugs, Wayne's World. <laughs> <laughs> the best compromise possible. Well, the best part is they did it alphabetically instead of uh, Wayne's World the Ladybugs, the bigger stars. Yeah, yeah. Ronnie Dangerfield again, way bigger star. Bigger star than Dana Carvey. Uh, always. <laughs> <laughs> what about that movie? How many anime- Master Disguise? Come on, yeah. Yeah, we did play a he Turtle played, Man. Yeah. Uh, but did he ever do a cartoon kids movie where he played a dog version of himself? No, Rodney Dangerfield did. It was called Rover Dangerfield. <laughs> He also rapped, so there you go. And Rodney Dangerfield, or the dog did (laughs) both at the same time. It was a duet, and there was also that animated movie Rock a Doodle, but I don't think that had anything to do with Rodney Dangerfield. It was just like a rock and roll rooster. You're you're thinking of Rodney Doodle? (laughs) Rodney Doodle, where that was Rock a Doodle's fatter, older brother. (laughs) We didn't get any respect. A little bit more of a party animal, but you know, finally made it through college. Yeah. So uh, this is the part of the movie where we recommend... This is a movie? (laughs) Flophouse, the movie that finally got made? This is a part of the movie of our lives. With with Seth Rogen as Stuart Wellington, David Paymer as Elliot Kalen. All right, guys. And Dan McCoy as himself. The movie of our lives has reached the second act, so now we really need to, you know, we need to face... We're going to wrap it up. (laughs) We're going to wrap that shit up. Oh, I think you said wrap it up. Like we had to throw a rabbit in the air. I was like, is that a, a technical term I didn't recognize? Is that a film slang term? Yeah, we use it in the biz. Mm-hmm. In the dot biz biz? Uh, so this is the part of the yeah, show, part of the podcast, okay. where well, we recommend movies that we've seen uh, recently, usually, and liked. that we enjoyed uh, in contrast. So we the, recommend a movie as opposed to just shitting on things. Yeah. Okay. To show that we've that got sense. some joy in our heart. That we're not just hateful, hateful haters. Okay, haters. dudes. Well, I'm going to recommend a little movie called Space Jail starring <laughs> oh, Guy Pierce. I thought you were going to say Space Jam. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, a real twist. I didn't expect you to recommend Space Jam. So no. it's, it's not called Space Jam. No, I'm turning it around. It's called Space Jail, I think. It's called Lockup. Oh, wait, Lockup? Yes. Lockout. Lockout? Lockup would make more sense because space is up. Yeah. Well, but it's, it's out. Lockout. There is no up in space. Uh, Dan just informed me it's called Lockout. It stars <laughs> yeah. Guy Pierce as a sassy talking mercenary mm-hmm. who has to he go in. Super sassy. Yeah, the sassiest character in, ever in a movie ever. <laughs> ever goes. Yeah. Uh, first of all, it's the best movie ever, and is the sassiest <laughs> character ever. So, Elliot, I guess you're gonna have to watch it. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Uh, yet. I want to to refute this comment that I made. So he goes into outer space. He's got to save the president's mm-hmm. daughter, he's of course. He's got to save Shannon so from Lost. So it's escape from L.A. in space. 
I guess if you want to minimize the impact the movie had on my life, then yes. <laughs> so he goes up there minimize. and then he finds uh, the... <laughs> The entire space jail has been taken over by the inmates, of course. Uh, and space inmates. It's being run by a pair of space brothers from Scotland, I'm guessing. <laughs> so they're just regular brothers. Yeah. They can't be space brothers if they're from Scotland. So well, but once they're in space, they're the space only brothers. Answer, but then the everything's only... a space pencil, space toothbrush, space pavement. Look. Do you want to save time or do you want to be in space? Good point. Yeah. Continue, Stuart. So he's in outer space. Uh, Guy Pierce, that is, and the jail. <laughs> and so he has to save Shannon from loss, played by TV's Maggie Grace. Uh, <laughs> Are we going scene by scene, or what's going on? No. <laughs> he has to save her, and I'm not going to tell you how it ends, but it's awesome. So go see what, Space Jail? I mean, you probably don't need to go anywhere to see it. I mean, like, you've got a cable I mean, go to your provider TV. that... <laughs> Right now, like if you got Time Warner, for instance, you can you know pay the six bucks and watch it tonight. It was like four watch it right bucks now. <laughs> oh, you probably watched it in HD. Yeah, I didn't. I watched it in regular D, as it was intended. <laughs> Everything so, Stuart watches is in double D. <laughs> that's actually true. So, Space Jail, Dan. It's called Lockout. Uh, I watched. I rewatched actually a movie that I saw uh, back in high school, but haven't seen since. Uh, oh, the Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> <laughs> You saw it I'm aging backwards, like Merlin. Uh, what? No, that's how I saw it in, when I was in high school. Merlin was aging backwards. Yeah, that's how that's how he knew the future was that he was aging backwards in time. Oh, okay, interesting. I didn't know that. You sure he wasn't aging of, backwards? <laughs> so a little bit of Arthurian legend for everyone. Yeah. But uh, what I watched it's a porno series name, by the way, <laughs> Asian backwards, <laughs> starring Merlin. I'm not proud of what I did. John Merlin. Camelot had fallen and I was falling on hard times. I needed the money. I was going to regret it. End of chapter one. He's reading his audiobook. I watched a movie. Short chapter. It's By a the Dan name. Brown style uh, book, huh? Chapter the second. I was riding high in the porn world. People were, cra- were craving my staff, and I don't mean in a magic way. And this is chapter two. All of Arthurian legend is chapter one of the book. What other, what other adventures did Merlin have? Anyway, Dan, continue. <laughs> I watched the movie Top Copy, uh, directed by Jules Dassin, who you may... Classic heist film. You may know from the film uh, Rafifi. And, uh, or he also did uh, Night in the City, yeah, which is a fantastic movie. Top Copy is also a heist film like Rafifi, but a much more lighthearted one. And it kind of, I mean, like, I guess, I guess Ocean's Eleven, the original Ocean's Eleven came before it, but I think that Top Copy kind of kicked off sort of like the light comic heist film as a genre. It was certainly, it's certainly one of the better ones. And I personally uh, prefer Gambit, but Top Copy is also good. It's, it's a very fun movie. Uh, that's uh, you want to minima- minimize his uh, recommendation on it anymore? So, yeah, I apologize. It's shot in, in Turkey. It has some beautiful uh, 1960s style, colorful uh, cinematography. Uh, Peter Ustinov won an a- Oscar for his uh, best supporting actor role in there as a uh, small time. Con artist who gets in with some uh, a major jewel heist and gets in over his head, uh, but he's very funny and lovable in the movie, and it's just super entertaining. I say watch it if you enjoy things that are enjoyable. And who doesn't? 
Who doesn't enjoy that? Definition. Not me. I'd like. Oh. oh boy, I'd like to recommend a movie. You There's guys. There's a new character called Guy who doesn't like movies. <laughs> guy who doesn't enjoy things. Oh, I hate everything. So Eeyore. So Eeyore, basically, yeah. But he's a guy. He's not a donkey. Yeah, that'd, that'd be crazy. What is he? A donkey? <laughs> well, that's <laughs> just. Just said he wasn't a donkey. I'd like to recommend a movie. You may. You guys may have seen this. I don't know. A little movie called Death Dream. Uh, it's also known by the name Bob Clark movie. Yes. It's also known by the name dead of night and it's, uh, directed by Bob Clark, who you know from Christmas story and Porky's among other things, black Christmas, black Christmas. Also, this is when he made before black Christmas about a family who are overjoyed when their son returns from the Vietnam war, despite the fact that they've already received, received a telegram telling them that he was killed in action. Uh, and of course the son is not who he seems. Uh, and it's a, very kind of well put together, well made, and well acted for the most part, uh, low budget 70s horror film. Uh, in this kind of slow build about what's wrong with their son and what he's been doing is really nice. Uh, and there's some great makeup effects in it. Um, and it moves pretty fast. And, you know, it's a, it's got a lot of 70s clothes in it, but not stupid 70s clothes. <laughs> like, not exaggerated, like, 70s costumes, but like, oh, these are the types of clothes people wore in the 70s. Okay. Yeah, I did, a lot of I, giant medallions. Exactly. I not not a lot of, like, that. bell bottoms and hats with feathers on them and things like it that. It was an unexpected place for your recommendation to go to talk about the 70s clothes. Well, no, but it's one of those, I feel like in low-budget movies, a lot of the times you get a better record of how people lived. Right. Because they're shooting in real houses, real clothes. So using people who sometimes are just real people that they know. Uh, so a lot like the Starsky and Hutch movie starring Ben Stiller. Yeah, yeah exactly. Saying, exactly. Right? But uh, anyway, it's a good, uh, nice, tight horror thriller. Death Dream, also known as Dead of Night. Uh, so, guys, I guess that's it. it it's, yeah, it's don't always, sound too sad about it. It's always hard to say goodbye. To yesterday. Yeah, it's been a good one. So, uh, <laughs> why are you so you're so philosophical all of a sudden, Dan? Are you aging backwards, or are you Asian backwards? <laughs> oh, we won't I judge wish. you. <laughs> if only I was Asian backwards. Uh, well, there's been another cage cast. <laughs> yeah, for the cage cast. Brought to you by Cages Cages, the only cages strong enough to withhold Nicholas Cage. <laughs> How does he know? Because he designed them. Let me out of this cage. Let me out. <laughs> Get me out of here. I really don't appreciate being locked in this cage. <laughs> so thanks to Cages Cages for that sponsorship. Our first sponsorship. Sure. First ever sponsor. Uh, and for the Flophouse, I've been Dan McCoy. All right, been Stuart Wellington. At night, listen to the moon. See what whispers on the wind. Listen to the rustle in the trees. And stare at a star. And maybe you'll hear the name. Elliot Kalen. Good night. <laughs> Oh my god, the bad guy was Jewish? Oh, he, but he sounds hello, like hello, Tevye hello. from Fiddler on the Roof. Okay, so he was like Watto from Phantom Menace. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, he was an, a Jewish stereotype. Any? That's why Bane... You wanna make a deal? That's why Bane kept going, I won't pay that much. <laughs> okay, everyone. That's when I can get you a neutron bomb for much less than I that. I am a golem. Never that price for a neutron bomb. Fear comes later. <laughs>